I'm broken. I'm broken. A lot of us can say this, um, and we know that we're walking around broken, but a lot of us also say, but I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, We know we're broken on the inside, but we want to just say, I'm okay. When somebody asks you, how you doing? I'm okay. But inside, you know, you're you're tore apart. You're ripped apart, and I just want to start with a few scriptures here this morning. Psalm 51, 17 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Proverbs 18, 14, but as for a broken spirit, who can bear it? This morning, um, I want to help you guys see that if your heart, your spirit, your life, um, everything about what's going on right now is, is completely broken and you feel like things are falling apart, that's exactly where God wants you. So he can take that brokenness and turn it into something beautiful. Um, if you guys would, let's bow our heads in prayer before we get started. Father, uh, again, we just say thank you, Father, for this Sunday morning to be able to gather in your house, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for the students of Modified Youth, God. I thank you for all of our volunteers. I thank you for the leadership and the staff of this church, Father, and all these beautiful people that make up this church, God. And Lord, I pray right now that, uh, that you would have a word for us this morning, God. And use me as a vessel to speak that word, God. Lord, they're not here to hear me, God. They're here to hear you, Father. Speak a word to their hearts and to their minds, Father, and to have an encounter with you. And Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit guides us today. And that you'd have your way in people's lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. In my neighborhood, and yours too, I'm sure, there's a thing every week called Trash Day. Ours is on Friday mornings. And we, me, I usually do it unless I forget, which I did this week. So I'll just use my neighbor's dumpster. We wheel stuff down. To the end of our driveway. I don't know how you guys do it, but we do. I got a container. And sometimes, you know, when you're taking your trash down the different towns and cities, broken Xbox, they let you put extra stuff out, like a big collection day, all the stuff that you have that's broken and, and messed up and you don't want anymore. So you're allowed to just pile it all up at the end of your driveway there and they'll take it all off for you. Stuff that's been deemed uh, broken, unusable, doesn't serve its purpose anymore. This is the Xbox 360 we've had in our basement, broken for about five years. And I brought that today. It has the red ring of death when you try to turn it on. Some of you guys will know what that is, gamers. Uh, We have a flat tennis ball or some sort. We have a dolly without a wheel. Probably can't get much use out of that. And a broken screen. Well, we can throw all those things at the end of our drive and they'll take all of our junk for us and take it away for us. Um, Things that served a great purpose at one time but really aren't any use to us anymore, unless you're a handyman or a handywoman and you like to fix things, they really just don't serve a purpose anymore, so we throw them out because they're broken. Now, this makes sense when we're talking about things, items, Xboxes, all that stuff, but the sad thing is, is this philosophy has seeped into our minds also in how we treat human beings. We might not say it out loud, but we sometimes think that some people are beyond fixing or beyond rescue. They're too broken to be fixed. 
We can't use them anymore. Sometimes we even think this about ourselves. I'm too messed up. My life's in in shambles. It's, It's too far gone for me. God can't use me anymore. And we even start laying out of church because how could God use me in the shape that I'm in right now? I can't even be around those people because my life's so messed up. God must not love me or God can't use me because of the state I'm in. And we think broken things cannot be used anymore. And we treat people that way. Something that's kind of dear to my heart from personal experience is is suicide is an all-time high now. All-time high. Because according to the world, because I'm broken, I can't be used. I've had these thoughts, I've had these feelings in my own life. And when we get to this state of brokenness, we feel like we're of no use to anyone anymore. I've dealt with the depression, I've dealt with the anxiety, the loneliness, and I know personally what it feels like to not want to live anymore from my past. We learned this week that an associate pastor in California named Jared Wilson, who at the age of 30 committed suicide, associate pastor of a church with a wife and two young boys, dealt with mental health issues his whole life. Him and his wife were advocates for it and spoke on it often. Had a foundation they started that spoke on it often. They offered help to those who struggled. I just want to say this morning that we need to do a better job of reaching out to those people in our area. From personal experience, I remember battling it going through it. And I'm gonna tell you right now that people need more than a pat on the back and just have more faith. It doesn't work. And sometimes I think we get scared when people find themselves in those situations that we don't wanna talk to them. We don't know what to say, so we just, just have some more faith. Just pray about it. And that's not good enough, church. That's not good enough. They need to know that they're not alone. And if you're here this morning and you deal with stuff like that, reach out and ask for help. Do not isolate yourself from people. Do not isolate yourself. There's a God who made you, who loves you. There's a church body right here that loves you. And we want to minister to you. We want to minister to your heart and let you know that you're not alone. So we're talking about being broken this morning. And I want to shed some light on this this morning that, uh, again, when we think something's broken, we we see it's broken, we throw it away. Jesus flips this whole thing upside down and says, if it's not broken, I can't use it. If you're not broken, I can't use you. Jesus knows we're a broken people, and that's exactly how he wants us to be. He knows that it's only through the broken life that his glory can shine through us. It's the very people that recognize that I've got cracks in my character, cracks in my heart, cracks in my life, cracks in how I'm doing life. It's in those people that Jesus can take his light and start shining through those things. We live in a culture that tries to distance themselves from admitting that they're broken. 
We don't want to tell people that. But Jesus wants us to get closer to those who are willing to admit that they're broken. To see those people and get closer to them. Brokenness is an openness towards God because we recognize that we are not perfect. Brokenness is an openness towards God because we recognize that we are not perfect. God wants us to know that we cannot rely only on ourselves to make it through life. It's impossible. Look around you. We are a body of believers with the same goal in mind, to make it into heaven. We are here together. You have people to encourage you, people to lift you up when you're broken and when you're down, encouraged by your church. Being broken again to the world means my life is in shambles and I don't know where to turn, but being broken to a believer means that no matter what my life looks like, I've got a God on my side that's gonna see me through it. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how difficult things may get for me, I know I can turn to God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I ask or think. He can do that for us if we'll turn to him in our brokenness. Some of these blessings in your life you can't get without going through a season of brokenness. There's blessing in brokenness, but you have to get through that season and rely on God so he can turn that into something beautiful for you. And that's the problem with a lot of us. We don't want to admit that we're broken. We don't want to admit that our relationships are flawed. We don't want to admit that our marriages are messed up, that our relationships with our kids are strained at times, that life isn't going so well right now. We don't want to admit that stuff. We don't want people to know we're weak. We don't want people to know we're not the perfect Christian, that we don't all have it together. We want to put on this mask to make everything, everybody think, oh, everything's going just fine. And we want to walk around like that and keep that hurt bottled up inside of us while we're completely torn apart. We've got to get to a place where we just aren't afraid to admit it. Brother, sister, I'm broken. I need help. God, I need help right now because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to turn. God, I need your help right now and I'm broken. Please help me. And he'll do it. We'll just admit that. I want to look at the story this morning, just a short story in Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. If you want to flip in your Bible or on your cell phone, Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Before we get into this, as, as Jesus is walking around with these big crowds following him, you would think that he would choose people to follow him that were um, religious leaders or the Pharisees or people that maybe could quote a lot of scriptures that look like they have it all together. Um, pick the people who could quote anything that was godly and of God. And throughout his ministry, Jesus would walk past those people and say, I know I want the broken ones. I want the ones that don't have it all figured out yet. The imperfect people. So we'll pick up in verse 13. It says, once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. 
When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Amen. So why does Jesus use broken people? Why does Jesus use broken people? And and I've got a few things that I want to share with you this morning on why he may use broken people. And the first one is they understand, broken people understand what Jesus has brought them from. My goodness. I can tell you story after story about what's happened in my life and what Jesus has brought me from. Um, So the first thing is they understand, broken people understand what Jesus has brought them from. In verse 14, as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth, Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. Levi, sitting in the tax collector's booth, and Jesus says to him, follow me. Tax collectors in that time were not well respected. They were not someone you wanted to associate with. Um, They would get the taxes, but then they would charge you above and beyond what the tax was, and then put that in the pocket for themselves. Um, So Levi was a cheat. Um, He was somebody that people in the community really didn't care about, probably, But Jesus picks him to follow him. He says, follow me. And he gets up and he leaves his job and he goes right away. Um, Levi was the opposite of all the law at that time. Um, He is not someone you would pick Jesus as the one to to say, get up, follow me, and be part of my ministry. And I'm sure when he did that, there were people sitting around there going, what? Did he just say, Levi, follow me? Is that what he said? The Messiah, the son of God, just wants Levi to follow him, be part of it. And again, Levi gets up and he follows him. No questions. And in the next part of the scripture, Jesus is having dinner at Levi's house, and it doesn't say how much time has passed at that time, but, but Levi is now being used in ministry, and by the guests that they say were in this house that night, we know Levi has not forget where Jesus brought him from. He could have said, Jesus cleaned me up so I don't want to associate with you guys anymore. I got my life figured out now, so please just leave me alone. But he didn't do that. He had him in his house because he remembered what what Jesus had brought him from. He wanted them to meet the Savior also and experience what he was experiencing in his life. He remembered what Jesus had brought him out of. And the same for us, we know what we used to be. We remember what Jesus calls us out of. When we got saved, our sins were forgiven. That's still an amazing thing just to say. You you don't understand all the bad things I've done, Jesus. It doesn't matter. You're forgiven. Just like that. That's how much he loves us. And we know we're forgiven, but our memories aren't gone of things we did. I can still tell you things I did in my life before I met Jesus. I know I'm forgiven of those things, and he's forgotten about them, but my memory is still there. I still remember what it was like in my life before I gave it completely to Jesus. I knew, I know, and I can remember that I was involved in sexual relations with girls before I was married. I can remember I cussed like a sailor before I came into this full relationship with Jesus. I can remember that I didn't treat people very well. I can remember the depression, the anxiety. I can remember everything that was bad about me. I remember it all. 
But I also remember at that moment that I came into the realization of my relationship with Jesus that he forgets it all. He forgives me of it all. That I don't have to stay in that place anymore. Levi remembered what it felt like to be without Jesus and he wanted the others in that room to understand how far he'd come and to see the change in him too. Sometimes we recognize what Jesus has done for us and things are going good for us in our life and sometimes we get a little puffed up like, yeah, I'm a great Christian, I'm pretty holy, everything's going right in my life. But if you will stop that and realize that you're probably just one or two bad decisions away from being in the same pit you were before, you won't act like that. You won't think you have it all figured out. Because just like that, things can turn. And we've seen that happen with people also. One or two bad decisions and we're right back where we started from. God loves when we come to him broken because the perfect people, the religious leaders, the Pharisees in the story, they had it in their heads that they are beyond failing. They just wanted to sit there and point out what's wrong with everybody else. But we know we still need Jesus daily. We know that we still need to open our Bible every morning or every night or every afternoon and get into the Word. We know that we still need prayer. We know that we still need to bow down at an altar and get things right with God. We know that we still need our head anointed with oil every once in a while. We know that every single day we've got to build this relationship with Him. And if we don't, we can end up back where we started. If it had not been for Jesus in my life, I'm not, and you guys can say this too, I'm not sure where I'd be right now. I don't even want to think about that if it hadn't been for Jesus. Jesus uses broken people because we know what he's brought us from. And the second thing why Jesus uses broken people is because they cause others to ask questions about Jesus. It causes other people to ask questions about what's going on in your life. When the teachers, verse 16, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Again, they can't believe what they're seeing. Jesus is in here eating with these tax collectors and sinners. Again, are you kidding me? What is he doing associating with these people? That cannot be the savior of the world in there. It just can't be. And they had these preconceived notions about how Jesus should operate. They thought they had the mind of Christ by being super religious. But they're asking the disciples, what in the world's going on? And the cool thing is, um, if Jesus would have just come to the earth and just hang out with the religious leaders and Pharisees, people like the tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners, nobody would have noticed him. Oh, he's just like the rest of them. He don't really care about us. So if he would have came and not paid attention and just hung out with the religious people, nobody would ask any questions about it. Nobody would have wanted to know what he was doing. Jesus knew that if he, come out, if he came and he hung out with the lowest of the lows, the broken, the ones that are hurting, then people were going to start asking some questions about who he was. Is there anything that Jesus has done in your life that makes people ask questions to you? Is there any way that Jesus has used you that make people wonder what is going on in your life? If people aren't asking those questions, 
then what am I doing that's not showing Jesus' love to people? You know, why aren't they seeing that in me if people aren't asking me questions about the life that I live? Jesus uses broken people because they know how to put the spotlight on him. People who think they're perfect think that the spotlight belongs on them, that I've got it all figured out. So go ahead and shine that light on me because I'm the perfect Christian. I know exactly what Jesus is all about. I know exactly, you know, I can do this well, I can do this well. It's all about me and what Jesus, you know, is doing in my life. Look at me. Look at how I have everything figured out. But the broken people, the ones that have been through some stuff, we know we know it's not about us at all. We know it's exactly about what Jesus did on that cross. And we know if it wasn't for what he did on that cross, we couldn't survive what, we're, what things we go through today. It's all about him. I don't want any light on me. I want the light of Jesus to shine out of me and I want it to be about what he did for us. And people, people outside of our church that are broken, even the ones in here right now, they need to understand that if he did it for me, if he did it for you, he'll do it for them. He will. They have to understand that as they're going through this brokenness. Broken people who God puts back together and it changes them will cause others to ask questions about our Savior. When there's a change in you, people see that and they want to know what's going on. You ask anybody that's a new Christian here if people ask what's going on. You know, I know Aaron's not here, but people ask him all the time when he gave his life over to the Lord, what in the world's gotten into you? They should be asking us that every week too. What's going on in your life? What's well, the goodness of God? Let me tell you about him. Are people asking questions about Jesus that they see in you? Because when they ask us, why do you go to church? Why do you pray? Why do you read your Bible every day? Why are you always in such a good mood? What in the world is the matter with you? We better say something more than, eh, just felt like doing it. Seemed like the right thing to do. We better be able to tell them, in season, out of season, this is what's happening in my life, and let me explain it to you so you can have it too. It's my relationship with Jesus. Man, I was broken, I was messed up, but man, let me tell you what he did for me. Let me tell you what he keeps doing for me. Is my life perfect? By no means, it's not. But it's so much better now that I have him by my side to help me through things. People should be looking at your Christian walk and asking why you are the way you are and why you believe the way you do and be ready to give them that answer. You know, some people just say, oh, I go to church, that's why. Break it down for them. If there's one thing I've learned with working with teens, they want you to be real. They can spot a phony a, a mile away. That's what people want too. They don't want the fluff and everything else you try to just portray to them. They want you to be real. Tell me how bad your life sucked before Jesus came into your life. Tell me how bad things were. What did you struggle with? They want to know those things. People want to know that we're not perfect Christians that we don't have it all figured out. They want to know why the change in our life. 
There's nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. The third thing, why does Jesus use broken people? There's no other kind of people to use. Verse 17, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And the Pharisees, by asking the question they did in in verse 16, they created two kinds of people in their minds. Those who are holy and those who are not. Those who are righteous and those who are not. Those who are good and those who are bad. That's what they had in their minds. But here's a newsflash for everybody. We all need Jesus. We all need him. We're all broken. And Jesus was saying, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Some of us in here this morning may not even recognize how sick we are. You ever had a cold or something and you, and you just felt like, you know, something's not right in my body, but you just kind of put it off and you keep plugging along. And then eventually you finally go to the doctor and they tell you how sick you really are and you didn't even realize it. We do that with our spiritual lives. We just keep plugging along like everything's okay and we put that mask on that everything's okay, but inside we are sick. Our spirit is sick and we are messed up. And we don't want to admit that we're broken, that things are hurting inside. I'm okay. I'm okay. We've got to understand that God wants to take that brokenness and turn it into something beautiful. He wants to take those pieces that have fallen apart on the inside of you and just put them back together and do a work in your life that only happens when, when you interact with him. I don't want to forget my props here. Let's pretend. Oh, yeah. This is us. This is us with our mask on, saying that everything's okay. Everything's perfect. Um, I'm just not going to open up because, you know, people think I have it all together. They think I'm a strong Christian. So I just don't want to admit that I'm broken. I don't want to admit that I'm hurting. And Jesus wants the complete opposite from you. When things happen in our lives that rip our heart apart and break us down, it's okay. It's okay to say I'm broken. It's okay to admit that I've got so much hurt in my heart and I don't know what to do with it. It's okay to look like this to people. It's okay to admit that you don't have it all together. It's okay to admit that I got flaws. It's okay to admit that I I hurt people in my past and that haunts me still. It's okay to admit that, you know, I, I may not have done this right, handled this right, but God wants to restore, redeem, to fix through his son Jesus, the things that we don't want people to see. You've got to admit that you're broken. Man, if you can't come into a church and admit that, something's wrong. 
You should be able to come in here and just bare your soul to your brothers and sisters here about stuff you're dealing with and stuff you're struggling with and be encouraged by them and be encouraged and, and, and put back together by Jesus. You don't have to walk around like it's okay. You don't. You don't. The thing is, when we can come to that realization that, you know what, I'm broken, I'm hurting, here's my peace is God. Can you fix it? He's not gonna put everything back to perfect like you, you try to portray it was. He's not gonna do that. But he will put you back together. And it doesn't matter what the scars you have. It doesn't matter if things are back together perfectly, but what matters is that you took the brokenness to him and let him put it back together. Let him mend things. Let him restore your heart. That's what matters. Light can't shine. Before I broke that, light couldn't shine through that because we're putting things up in front of us, a mask, a wall that people can't get in. You can't see my brokenness. God can't shine through that because you're not willing to admit you're broken, but when you're broken and he puts you back together. And you have these cracks, you have these seams, you have these imperfections, but you're back together because Jesus restored you. Turned you into something beautiful and people can see that light coming out of you. Jesus restored me and he put me back into something beautiful where his, his light can still shine through all of the stuff that was broken in my life. You can turn him back on, please, Audrey. That's what he wants. You say, well, that, that's messy, that doesn't look good. That's what, he's in that business. Nobody's too far gone, nobody's too far broken for him not to put it back together and make something beautiful out of it and not to bless your life amongst the circumstances that you went through. I've got one more thing here, just kind of drive this home. Glow sticks. Aren't much use to anybody until you what? It's gotta be broken. It's got to be broken. Our spirits, our lives, everything that's going on inside of us has to be broken in order for God to work, in order for him to minister to your heart and to help you through things. I'm not going to turn the lights out again. It's a glow stick. It's got to be broken to work. It's the same thing for us. We've got to be broken. And we've got to be okay with admitting that. You know, I see these teens every week, and I see the masks they wear every week. I hear things that are going on, and they come in onto me on a Wednesday and Sunday and act like everything's okay. Sometimes I'll call them out. Sometimes I wait for them to admit they're broken. Because if somebody won't admit that they're broken, they're really probably not going to receive much help from you. But when you get to that place where you say, I, 
I can't do this anymore on my own. I'm messed up. Can you help me, Jesus? He will. He will, he will, he will. As I start our, we're going to do a worship video for altar time. And I, and I told you guys, I know, I know what it's like to be broken. I know what it's like to hurt, to feel pain, to not want to wake up the next day, to go to bed crying, to wake up crying, and then you just figure things, you know, I got to find some strength from somewhere. Here I go. I know what that's like. You guys will stand with me. And bow your heads. And bring the music up just a little bit, please. I know what it's like to think in your lives that there's no way out of the situation that I'm in. It's repeated itself over and over again. I know what this is about. I know how it's gonna turn out. I just don't see a way out of it. I keep going back. I keep having my heart broken. I keep having my spirit crushed. But this song talks about that he is a way maker. When you don't see how you can get out of the brokenness that you're in, Jesus says, I can do it. I can do it if you'll just bring those pieces to me. If you'll just realize that my heart breaks for what breaks yours. If you just understand that I wanna take all of that and I wanna show you my love, I wanna put you back together, I wanna make things right in your life. Father, right now we just praise you, God, we worship you. And God, I know, I know, I know, I know there's broken people in here right now, God. Lord, I'm one of them. And Lord, we've got to get past the mask, God. We've got to get past the, the reality of thinking that everything's okay, God, because it's not. And we know it's not in our hearts right now, God. Lord, so as we worship, as we sing, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just invade hearts right now, God, to let them know it's okay to be broken that you're not gonna throw them out, that you're not gonna not use them, God, that you want to restore them, that you wanna do great things through them, Father. Lord, work on hearts right now, Father. Speak to hearts right now that are broken, that are crushed, God. Let them feel your presence, Father. Lord, and as a church, God, if people come to these altars, when they come to these altars, God, with this brokenness, that we would surround them, Father that we would encourage, that we would love, that we would lift up, God, and let them know it's okay to be vulnerable. Father, right now we just worship you and we open up these altars, God, for broken pieces to be put back together. In Jesus' name, amen.